Hello and welcome to Empress Hour with myself, Alex Vella, and joining me on Zoom should be Jada. Jada, can you hear me? Hi, yes. yes. Can you hear me? Yes, Yay, we can. Yes. Oh, oh, that is so good. Oh, thank God. Um, <laughs> yeah, for anyone who listened last week, you'll know that we had slight uh, technical issues and ended up WhatsApp calling someone and then putting the phone next to the microphone. But not today. All prepared to join on WhatsApp. Yes, <laughs> lovely. How are you, Jay? I'm sad I can't see you in, in real life. I'm locked up in my room. I feel a little bit odd like I'm there, but I'm not there. But it's all good. It's all good. We do what we can. We do what we can. Exactly. I'm bummed up or sinus problems, but the show must go on. <laughs> it must. Jay, do you want to tell us a little bit about Empress? Do you want to introduce the show a little bit? Oh, okay. Put me on the spot. Well, right? I know. I feel like I've got a lot of control now that you're you're on Zoom and I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Empress Awa is our baby. It is our lovely show that champions and celebrates strong, amazing kings and queens who have different life journeys, different life paths, and they just come on and spread their message. Really, it can be anything. I think we've covered mental health, relationships. Um, Alex, how do we even? I feel like our show is just so broad at this point. It is very broad. But it's got something for everyone, and we like to think that there's a underlining spiritual theme and yeah. self development focused and all that lovely stuff. Exactly, and that's something that's actually never changed. That's always been there from the beginning, hasn't it? Yeah, defo, defo. I think at the end of the day, we want people to take a lovely, warm feeling away from it of oh, oh, maybe I've learned something from listening to that, or maybe there's something I can change about you know this element of my life. So. You know, exactly. that's the Lovely. Tune in, tune in every week, guys. <laughs> yes, and uh, in case you haven't heard, we've got an Instagram page, which we would love you to follow. Um, if you want to follow us, it's at Empress Hour, literally just at Empress Hour. And then our personal ones are at a.vella.bartho. And Jay, yours is at J- Jada. Actually, no, you go for it. I can't remember. I know it's got an X at the end. That's all I know. Jada spelt with a C like C-E-Y-D-A-U-Z-U-N-X. There we go, with the X at the end. Um, but now on to our incredible guest we have in the studio today. So taking your place, Jada, is Kaisha. So let me introduce <laughs> Kaisha to everyone. Kaisha Thomas is an anti-diet nutritional therapist, Pilates teacher and a black mental health advocate, supporting people healing from eating disorders and aiding black body liberation and racial healing. Kaisha also writes a fantastic blog which I'd really recommend called kaishathomas.com and she joins us now to share her journey and what she has learned with us so hello Kaisha how are you hi good evening I'm well thanks how are you guys very well yes um we're doing good I think aren't we Jay doing all right been better (laughs) (laughs) yeah I say that while Jay is at home ill but we're doing all right (laughs) a glass of water as we're chatting see I'm multi multi multi-purpose multi-functioning I don't know how to speak I'm just grabbing some water (laughs) well thank you so much for coming into the studio I really appreciate you coming in thanks for having me um and yeah as I said we're here to kind of talk about your journey and so I wonder if you can maybe introduce yourself a little bit at first and then we'll kind of dig in Sure. So I'm I'm Keisha. So sorry, slight, slight different pronunciation of the name. Apologies. There. No, it's fine. It's a good effort. Uh, so I'm Keisha Thomas. Um, yeah, registered nutritional therapist and qualified in, uh, Pilates instructor. I work um, in my own private practice, um, seeing mostly clients with eating disorder recovery, um, recovering from chronic dieting and disordered eating. Uh, yeah, um, I, I'm very much um, one of my passions are is promoting mental health within the black community and really raising awareness around eating disorders in the black community as well Mm -hmm. and that's definitely all the things that we really want to go into with you actually don't know if you know i think i think you do know is the reason that 
I found out about you is because of Chrissy, who we actually had on the show um, a few months ago. Yeah, she's amazing. Um, and she, yeah, she's incredible. Um, and yeah, she she shared that po- a post with me, uh, which is a post I actually want to talk about with you, which is the the post that I also shared on my Instagram and on Empress Hour's Instagram um, about why I know why you no longer compliment people on weight loss. Yes. And I saw that and I was immediately like, yeah, this this is the girl we need on the show. <laughs> because um, it's something that I also feel quite strongly about myself. Um, so let's let's kind of dive in. Um, and we want to talk about how you've gone from an unhealthy relationship with food to how you've now got um, what I'm assuming is a healthy relationship with f- food and what that means. Um, so I believe that until... In your you, until you were in your late thirties, you were either on a diet or planning your next diet in this kind of yo-yo dieting. Is that correct? We've all been there, haven't we? Um. So is, yeah, is that is that right? Uh, so I would say it was up until my thirties. So it's like yeah. my late twenties into, and then beginning of my thirties was when I was at, coming out of my whole diet phase. Okay. <laughs> all right. And so, what was that like, and what does that kind of look like when you're saying this yo-yo dieting? That, this is the first time I've actually heard that term, yo-yo dieting. Yeah, it's probably a bit of an old school term. I think it's show, it's showing my age. So I'm forty now, and so. Back then, that was a very um, common phrase to say, like, yo-yo, like, you're up, you're down, you're in, okay. you're out, like, are you doing it, you're not, sort of thing. So I would say, so as I'm, the more I tell this story, the more I'm trying to make it succinct, but because it was so long ago... You don't need to make it succinct on the show. <laughs> on this show, we want the details. And you're going to get all the details. <laughs> we, want, That's... we want the long story. You can always assume you're going to get the long story with me. But um, it was more like that journey out of my dieting it wasn't this um and i think this is the same for all types of recovery actually because what we know is that recovery isn't linear it's this messy thing that you go through and eventually you know you have all these revelations and you learn things and some lessons take longer to learn than others and Mm -hmm. i think that's pretty much how my dieting history became to be behind me so i started dieting quite young i first started dabbling in dieting when i was about 15 um and that was a very short short sort of diet i found this book at home um it was a rosemary Connolly book which i don't know if you'd even know who rosemary this, who this is. is how far back we're going here so <laughs> it was a rosemary Connolly Wait, book who is she? tell us about rosemary so she I, I don't i couldn't genuinely tell you who she is is but okay. i would say in the nine 80s and 90s and probably way before that she was like the, the quote-unquote fitness guru of the time so she'd be the person uh, okay. you might see on breakfast shows in the morning and stuff like that so she used to have a, a diet club and then she used to have i think what they used to do and this isn't what i did but what they used to do was they had a diet club and i think they'd they would do like an aerobics class with Rosemary. Okay. I think that's like their, their little model. But what I found was a book, it was a book that she had written right. um, about a particular diet, which was a low fat diet. So this was the first introduction to diet for me. And I remember reading this book and thinking, ah, there's something that you could do with food that has an effect on your weight. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I made that connection. Mm. But the thing was, I was so young, I was 15, as I said, I was so young, it didn't it didn't work diets don't work we know this right so that neither did that diet surprisingly enough so it was very 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 quickly I felt too hungry and I felt deprived as soon as I realized all the foods that I weren't allowed to have it just made life very I was a 15 year old kid like I wanted to eat all the fun foods I had been eating and as soon as I realized that this diet said I couldn't eat all these things I was very quickly like nah that's not gonna work for me but the seed had been planted by that point Mm-hmm. that food body food yep. diet and then it you just can kept control that yeah. with the food yeah yeah and it just and it just kept on continuing from there so it was like 
I would go, and this is when um, this sort of idea of like obsessively dieting, so I was kind of like, oh, could we just sort of think about the word we use? Because it, it wasn't so obsessive, it was very much yo-yo. Mm-hmm. And so yo-yo was like one minute I was on a diet and then I could go long periods not being on diets. Yeah. And when then, you say diets, are they are they different diets? Would there be oh, yeah. ones where you just cut certain things out and others where you're just drinking juice, like all those types of things? Yeah, and that's a really good question because when it comes to... So the way, I, the way, I, the way I've got to it today is that I feel like dieting is... It comes under the umbrella of disordered eating. It's just a bit more socially accepted. A bit more is completely socially accepted, yeah. right? So when I say dieting, I did various diets, but I always had this think this rebel within me that wouldn't allow me to go to the juicing diets that wouldn't allow me to be eating oh, yes not doing liquid diets but so it was always like what could I get away with mm. quote unquote get away with where I can have yeah. a little bit of what felt like food freedom but at the same time was allowing me to do something that kept my body a certain size it wasn't even a certain size a certain weight yeah um and so the diets that I would do would be mostly around um carbohydrate manipulation or it would be I've done a couple of diet clubs the two main ones um and they were that that's I was always trying to find this way that I can yeah have rules around my food but not too not too rigid mm. because I also like to live my life and actually really love food as so was that to, was that to appear like everything was fine or because actually you did just want to be eating those foods so was it for the appearance or for the kind of reality of it it was genuine because I wanted to be eating those foods yeah. and that was the thing it was um, I didn't want this feeling of being deprived I didn't mm. want this feeling of not being able to have so as soon as I'd get a new diet book and it'd still be you know, a lot of times it was around carbohydrate stuff so after a while they always became very samey but some carbohydrate res- uh, restrictive diets would allow certain foods that others didn't and I'd be looking at the what's on my allowed list that'd be the first not even what's on the list like, what am I allowed to have and just making sure that I can get some of my favourite things in there somehow and mm. that was what got me that's what got me stuck Okay. I'm sorry if I almost cut in there, but when you talked about that feeling of being deprived and not wanting to deprive yourself, isn't isn't that why the yo-yo sort of happens? Because people mm. get into a diet and they have those immediate results. And then as human beings, it's like we, we it's hard to stay like that. And I think that leads us on to, I mean, Alex has already written a bit about this down on our doc, but intuitive eating and how in a way like people come to a I think everyone at some point, for the most part, I mean I shouldn't say everyone, but in our journeys we get to a point usually where we realize that it's not really about diet culture and dieting but eating in a way that works with your body so that you're not like drastically cutting things out and it's something that you can maintain long term right so do you want to tell us a bit about like what that means like what is what does it mean to eat intuitively how do you like follow that what does that mean for you sure but let, let's just quickly just go back to that deprivation bit as well so you, you, yeah, you raised yeah. an important point there because that is the cycle right like you go on a diet you i have this idea i want to do something with my with my body um you start a diet a pet eventually um you start to feel deprived there's a rebound that is not only just uh, psychological but physiological because there's things that you aren't having that you should be having and then mm-hmm. you end up eating um the things that you want to eat and then you feel guilty and the diet cycle starts to over again so that's the that's the cycle that i got caught in for the best part of a decade so then intuitive eating this isn't something that was in my mm, in my knowledge until after I'd stopped dieting so I came out of the diet industry diet industry came out of diet culture in a very messy way it was just me trying to fumble my way through Miss Independent I figure it all out myself type thing and then it wasn't until um, I would say I had I probably I hadn't been consciously dieting. I'll come back to that, but I hadn't been consciously dieting for a good mm. three, four years before I understood that there was a thing called intuitive eating. Mm-hmm. And then going through these different principles of like understanding what that meant. And like you say, it's about understanding 
how do cer- how do certain foods work for you? What's your way of eating? What's your authentic way of approaching the way that you that you cook, the way that you eat, and the foods that you love? Um, and being and just being intuitive about that. So this now was the first time I was like, oh, there are no rules. I now just have to learn what my body's telling me and learn how to respond to that. And that was so novel. That was so novel to me. At what point did that happen? Like, was there something that kind of clicked, or was it a gradual thing? It was totally gra- gradual. So it was very much, um, like I said, I f- kind of fumbled my way out of um, the like diet culture. So by that point, it was like, saw this thing about intuitive, and I was like, this makes sense. It was like, this just makes sense to me. Mm. Was, there's there's still a part of my human brain that just wanted to still see something packaged up in a book. <laughs> in this case, it was in a yeah. book. And so that helped that I could just see all these different topics in these different areas that I didn't go through and explore in my exit from the diet culture because I just stopped I quote unquote stopped dieting but the reality of it was I was still afraid of what my body would do if I didn't have these food rules so if I wasn't following a diet what was going to happen to my body Mm. so there was always that going in the back of my mind but I wasn't actually actively engaged in any diet behaviours but there was always this thing of oh uh, but as long as this doesn't as long as my body does this this is all fine that kind of thing and so intuitive eating kind of encourages you to look deeper in stuff and you have to be like hmm there's there's stuff under the surface here that you still need to be looking at and to be honest with yourself about and to be kind of brave enough or prepared that to accept your body however it decides to be and not saying oh I'll do the intuitive eating as long as my body still looks like this exactly (laughs) no 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 your body will do what it wants to do it's the hardest thing I feel like it takes an entire lifetime to really accept us just as we are like even on days where we feel more confident there's days where you just don't feel it at all and it feels like sometimes you can make so much progress and then feel like you're back at stage one but yeah I mean what do you guys think on that I think your body, the, the reason why it's constant, um, it's a constant healing process is because our bodies are constantly changing. Like the body I have now isn't the same, obviously isn't the same body in so many ways, isn't the same body that happened when I was in my 20s. Mm. And so it responds differently, behaves differently, needs a lot more rest now, you know, mm. hangovers are a whole new thing. But women's bodies go through the most. <laughs> <laughs> literally and then on top of it all then all the, the diet in that had as well so it's it's a body that this time that now it's a very different body but in so many different ways it's like not just how it looks but in how it feels and all its experiences and the stories that it holds yeah it's so much more so i have a different relationship with my body now than i've ever had in my life mm. like ever 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 do you think it's like almost like respect for your body you know Massively. like i mean i i actually do this it I do a journal and I always do like three things I'm grateful for in the morning and the evening and I always put I'm grateful for my body and I, and I think of it as like my body not not you know how I want my body to look but as in my body as its own kind of entity yeah because your body does so much for you like I saw these posts once as well about people like when you get into a mindset of thinking oh I don't know maybe my stretch marks don't look nice or this don't look good and then it's like wait a minute that's the sign of me bearing a child. Like my body carries me on two feet every day. My body does this for me. My body gives life. Like Mm. our body does so much. And it's just, I think putting context behind it and remembering how much we're actually capable of takes it away from like the appearance of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Like battle scars in a way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's held us and even when we're treating it badly, especially when we're treating it badly, it's still going for us, you know, like, appreciation yeah. for that yeah. <laughs> every time you've had a glass of alcohol your liver's done all that work to get rid of it yeah. all, you know 
That's just one glass. <laughs> that was just terrible. Um, <laughs> me thinking of a cocktail on a Friday night, but anyway. <laughs> but yeah, no, man, is that appreciation of everything, even, even when there's dieting and, and stuff going on, the fact that you come off a diet is because you're because you're, what your body's trying to do for you is saying mm. no no we can't starve no no yeah. we can't survive on this limited amount of carbohydrates no no mm-hmm. no we can't do the things that you want to do in mm-hmm. this life if we don't eat enough and nourish and do it so the whole time it's been pushing for you yeah it's to do what you're supposed you. to be doing it's like come on <laughs> we're gonna get the actual goals the, the actual the goals. issue is in the body it's the mind go it's on. the mind yeah and um, there's a couple of things you said that i really wanted to pick up on mm. first of all is the consciously dieting you said that you stopped consciously diet no you started or you didn't realize basically something to do with consciously dieting <laughs> can we go into that yeah <laughs> because that and it's, it's a really good point to pick up on because it, that is a thing that it was this thing so what what intuitive eating they call pseudo dieting okay. so you have this belief that i'm doing it i've got food freedom i'm having mm. the what i want the when i want but in in the back of your mind there is always this condition so intuitive eating is talking about giving yourself unconditional permission to eat the foods that you want <gasps> that's actually quite it's actually quite scary to hear exactly so <laughs> unconditional permission to eat what you want yeah. i love that so it's unconditional. So when, so oh yeah, and it, and it can be very scary, right? Because it's the thing of like, well, if it's unconditional, what does this mean? What am I going to do with what's what's my food going to look like if I give myself that unconditional permission? So, but for me, it was like the condition was as long as I still look like this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, no, I can do the food freedom, but if something if something changes drastically, then I might have to dabble in a diet again. Like that's how my mind was. So that was that was the bit that got yeah. me stuck. So that I wasn't consciously diet, but there was always something in the back of my mind that says. But do you know what? If this, if something changes, then nah, we're locking this off to do something else. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of us will be familiar with that. <laughs> um, I, yeah, and as you say, sometimes that's not conscious. Like, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people probably thinking, "Oh my gosh, that's actually exactly what I do," and <laughs> didn't even realise right it. Now. Yeah. But you don't realise it, and it, and that's the thing you don't realise. And, and honestly, the, the reason why I've started sharing my story more and more because I want to make sure that when I'm doing educational content, I'm doing these podcasts, that it's not coming from a place of and make sure you're not doing this and that. And I'm like, guys, you can't get a kid out. I've been there, mm. like, and so it's these little corners that I wasn't aware of. And I wish, I wish there was someone like like me who could have who could have guided me through that process. But I've had to sort of keep keep going on that journey and keep discovering and continue to explore. And that is it's good. It's going to be lifelong. Be that change for yourself and then for the next people, you know. Yeah. So it's yeah. great that you've been doing that. Also, you just touched upon, you said you make educational content and podcasts. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Like, what else you do? So I don't have my own podcast, but I go on to many other podcasts. So That's next. I'm I'm trying not to admit to the fact that I want one because that would mean that I have to do something about it Um, but at the moment I do mostly on my Instagram so I I create those posts like the ones that you saw Uh, they take a while to put together Um, I've started um, starting up again with my Instagram lives so I do that there at the moment and then somebody said to me that I could you know start to download the audio from my Instagram lives and back that on the pod and I'm like ah maybe that's how I can Mm. get into it so it's most on Instagram I do my educational content and then a little bit on YouTube as well so I'm going to start doing more long form content content on YouTube um, because I feel like it's just easier for people to come like play a bit and come back to it if they want to Um, but yeah most of my educational content does go on Instagram and then if I go if I want to go deep into things I've got more links I want to share then that goes on to the blog yeah and and while we're talking about it your Instagram is at Keisha sorry Thomas got it um, which is K-A-Y-S-H-A Thomas yeah and there was okay there's one other thing that you said that I really want to pick up on um, before we go into a break which is and this is something we'll also talk about after the break, mm. which is you mentioned kind of 
your body holding trauma or something to do with your body being more than just what you see right now or what you're feeling right now like it's holding so much within it um is that something that you've also then that's kind of been a journey has it to discover that massively and that came that only happened in the last two two years Mm-hmm. so and I and I now I'm getting to this point where and this is the thing guys when you're going through this journey you have to have so much compassion for yourself as to mm-hmm. why you did it the way that you did it so like it took me until yeah two years to realize that there were things that my body's experienced through different racial interactions uh, race racial interactions that I've had and things that I've experienced that were in my body held as a memory that I wasn't aware of so it was just like not only was my body not being fueled properly and nourished properly mm-hmm. it was also it also had a lot of things that needed to be addressed yeah and the main thing being that it's not just a body it's a black body mm-hmm. and that means something so yeah and I and I think a lot of the you know if I, I paid so much attention to my body but never really thought about what it meant to be in a black body what it meant to have a black body um, and that didn't happen till around oh yeah around two years ago that must be, yeah, one, I can't swear on this program, must be a huge journey. <laughs> I'm glad you said that we can't swear because I'm like, have I swear? Um, it's a huge Sorry. journey. It's a huge journey. And um, it's one that came with a lot of, when I started it, I, whatever was being held in my body got released. There was a lot of sleeping. I was exhausted. Suddenly, like, it was like, oh, mm-hmm. my body just let go and I was having to thank goodness we were in lockdowns because I got to nap a lot so I could yeah. do sessions and I'd be like right I could nap now for two because I was just constantly having to nap um injuries came up as well which might have been also just from being slightly more inactive of, of the lockdown as well but I do believe as well just from all the stress that I was you know through going through these different conversations and memories mm-hmm. I was having so yeah it was a it's an ongoing and long old healing journey is deep yeah mm-hmm. okay we're definitely going to be going to this we've got a break for some ads um but we are going to be going into that and very much how eating disorders are not just about eating or foods but Mm. so much more um but before all that we're gonna go into a bit of rumors by lizzo because i thought it was kind of apt um and also i think it's a banger so why not (laughs) they don't know i do it for the culture oh man they say i should watch the stuff i post come on man say i'm turning big girls into pros come on man they say i get groupies at my shows come on man all the rumors are true yeah Online at riversideradio.com On your smart speaker Play Riverside Radio And now on DAB Digital Radio COVID-19 vaccinations for 12 to 15s are already available at school, but now you can choose to book a free vaccination at an NHS vaccine centre instead. I'm Dr Nikki Kanani, GP and Medical Director of Primary Care in England. The COVID-19 vaccine is safe and effective for young people. It helps protect them from serious illness and stay in school, the best place for their education and well-being. Don't delay. For COVID-19 vaccines for 12 to 15s, go to nhs.uk slash COVID vaccination. I am a student nurse and I am living a thousand lives. I am an IV drip, a leg cast and a CT scan all within a day. I am a patient's early diagnosis, a treatment plan, their relieved family. I am an instant cure for loneliness. I am learning something new every hour, sometimes every minute. I am a lifetime of experience in just three years and I'm only just getting started. Don't just live your life, live a thousand lives. We are the NHS. 
We are recruiting now. Search NHS Careers. Across Richmond, Wandsworth, Merton and Lambeth. On DAB Digital Radio. Switch on Southwest London. Riverside Radio. Welcome back to Empress Hour with myself, Alex Feller, Jada Azun, who's on Zoom, and Keisha Thomas, who's with us in the studio. So in case um, anyone missed the intro at the beginning, Keisha is an anti-diet nutritional therapist, a Pilates teacher, and a black mental health advocate. Um, she's got a blog, uh, which you can find at keishathomas.com, and her Instagram is at keishathomas. So we're going to dive back into the conversation. Um, we just spoke about kind of trauma and how that relates to eating disorders and I think that's where we're going to we're going to go next Mm. Um, so you talked about being in a black body and then realizing that your body was holding a lot of trauma and can you now link that into how that related to eating disorders or how you're still finding out how that's relating to eating disorders yeah so generally so for me what it did what so what happened for me was the fact that I'd stopped dieting and, and got to this point in my body and then I did my racial healing more recently. But for others who are actually lucky, well, I say lucky enough, but who can do this journey together, understanding how, and I'll never know now, that's the thing, I will never know how much of that trauma that was being stored in my body was actually linked to my dieting days. I'd have to yeah. try and I, I'd actually, I'm refraining from going back and trying to do that because I might be trying to make links that weren't there, possibly, who yeah, knows. True. But what I can say is that when it comes to trauma in general is that it, you know, you're, you're having, the way I, the way I can describe it, there are certain sensations that are happening with your body that feel uncomfortable or you have a feeling of um, like you don't belong or that you need to do something to fit in. So you can you can probably then start to piece together how an eating disorder and its behaviours can either distract you from those feelings or give you a quote, I can see the quotation marks here, but the quote, a quote unquote <laughs> means to try and fit in. Because if I'm doing, and this is where this is where I've come to it, and this isn't necessarily um, what the research says, by the way, the way I've come to it is that it's if you're engaging in um, a set of rules, one that can give you structure and, and somewhat safety as well, or it can make you feel like you're a part of something. If you're on a diet and you're feeling a little bit isolated or a little bit lonely, mm-hmm. one of the common things that I could speak on behalf uh, for women, not behalf all women, but I could speak for women. One one of the common things that we do talk about are diets and foods yeah. and bodies and da 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 da. So it is in some ways a way of yeah feeling like you can quote unquote fit in. Which, ew. Uh, yeah, no, I mean it's <laughs> that is so so true. I mean, I personally I remember trying to not comment on dieting or kind of say like oh that she looks great because of whatever reason and you know and comment on people's weight or mm. um yeah that kind of thing and it's really difficult actually because you feel like you're almost I always feel like I'm being a bit rude or like yeah. I'm not or like I'm deliberately trying to be like look at me I'm so good that I'm not going to be commenting on this you know um not everyone thinks like that unfortunately I feel like yeah. especially like going for me going back home to Cyprus it's almost part of the um small talk when yeah. you mm. meet up with friends and family and it's oh you've lost a few pounds or oh you've put on a few pounds and they don't even realize the impact their words are having and mm. people don't realize those discussions around the dinner table or with outside with groups of friends but I think now people especially in where we live I think people are a bit more aware of what what those words imply right yeah, people are starting to get it now. And I, I completely agree, um, Alex, that's that thing of like, you know, you you know, sometimes you're very aware that somebody's body's changing. You may on, the, on that particular occasion know that has been intentional. So when mm-hmm. I first stopped commenting on it, I just thought there was this urge inside of me like, 
not how do I not say it and it's like why yeah. would you say it and like really sort of understanding that yes it's the norm it's just the norm that doesn't mean that it's okay yeah um but yeah so and yeah like you say like this thing of culture same same in caribbean cultures as well it's very very usual um for people just to comment on or you've gained or you've lost or i think you look like this and i think you look like that and it's just like hi nice to see you it's been a while <laughs> <laughs> i'm so glad that's what you saw first when you yeah. saw me how have you been uh, yeah <laughs> yeah totally it's uh it's a cultural thing mm. um and that's really difficult to change and also it feels kind of in some in some ways like I know that it's not I know they don't really mean that I know they're just saying it as a kind of opening conversation thing like it's a bit of chit chat but yeah I think when you've been through something really traumatic with eating it's actually can be quite triggering just to hear people immediately seeing that first yeah um yeah um okay so can we can we continue talking about this kind of the trauma and also then now w- what you're doing with the black community and how you're how you're trying to maybe include black voices more in this discussion because we were just talking in the break about how few black voices there are mm. in this in in eating disorder recovery yeah so one of the ways i'm doing it is one telling my story a bit more in terms of the history that i had with dieting which like i say i put under the bracket of disordered eating mm-hmm. um and then the other thing is like educating more on racial trauma when I first started talking about racial trauma this is when I started to get a lot more and it was it was actually quite I had to slow it down because for me I was doing my own racial healing and then I was getting lots of people who I knew for a long time going oh my gosh like this is really resonating with me and then that hurt as well mm. the fact that what I was feeling that many others were feeling I had to sort of slow it down on that educational piece because I was like okay I need to really be more robust in my because also at the same time I was getting a lot of race, racist comments on my Instagram oh, really? so you're trying to do all this you're getting attacked and you're holding like this space for people who are also hurting and it's it's just a lot to hold so I started to say okay pause on that for a moment do more of my race healing build up my own resilience and get more of an understanding mm. of what it, what this is for me and now I'm probably a few more steps ahead of those who are on, on their journey so I need to get a few steps ahead I'm not saying I'm yeah. there and I know it all but I'm definitely a few steps ahead now so I can now go back to more my steps my one two three it's not that easy but you know maybe <laughs> a one two three and start to educate on that and that's when you start to get people understanding um that racial trauma is a thing and then when it comes to eating disorders what i what I can say is there's two things that go on. So one, there's a, you know, I think people are getting there now that eating disorders don't discriminate. So we know that, but they're still underdiagnosed in the black community. And then within the black community, there is this, I think, this idea amongst black people ourselves that we don't get eating disorders. So my, where I, what I've made my role is to educate on that. Yes, we do get eating disorders. And actually, did you know that this, this and this actually might be an eating disorder, mm. which is what I want to talk about in terms of like dieting being um, a part of disordered eating, because and that can be on any level. That could be if you're quote unquote dabbling in a diet or if you're doing something that's really, really restricted, like a, a liquid fast and, and, and things like that. The point is, is the intention behind it all. And it's this idea that my body needs to look this certain way in order for me to exist in this world. That was what it was for me. Mm-hmm. I invite everyone else to explore what it is for them. Yeah. Mm. OK, so in that case, if someone did, for example, a juice cleanse, but with the intention of I need to be kinder to my body or so I need to, there's something that I need to heal through this, mm. would that then be considered disordered eating or is is that kind of more healthy thi- thing if to do? If there's a medical, if there's a medical reason for doing so, and I don't know what that would be, mm. right? But the way I see it is that if 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 that were the case, let's say if that were the case, that wouldn't be something that someone would go and do by themselves, mm. because it, you know even with cleanses and detoxifications, we have to understand what we're asking the body to do, and if they 
if they if they actually serve their intended purpose, which is to release toxins for you to clear, mm. and you release a lot of toxins into your blood and you're not able to clear it that fast, and you actually cause a bit of an issue there in, in and of itself. So I would say if anyone is going to do anything um, which feels extreme, you would have to do so under medical supervision, under you know under professional, at least professional supervision. Mm-hmm. And actually, I will go as far as saying medical, because if I say professional, that could be anyone these days. <laughs> <laughs> so let me stick to medical supervision. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, good distinction. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and I wonder if we could actually get some tips for people to do with intuitive eating and and what that means and how someone can actually go about trying to start that kind of journey with intuitive eating. Yeah, I would say so. So one of the things that I liked about intuitive eating, because there's this thing of we know that healing isn't linear, but intuitive eating gives you this somewhat linear um, path to go down. So the way that they um, have designed it, and don't ask me all the 10 principles because I definitely don't remember them all, <laughs> but I can tell you... What, what's <laughs> number five, please? <laughs> you need some number five right now. I can definitely tell you that number one, though, is to reject the diet mentality. And I just actually delivered a, um, a workshop on this just last week. And the way they've designed the different principles is that one needs to be done or is advised to be done before you move on to the next okay right because what it does is it makes it gives you that opportunity to go deep into that subject and understand that part so that you can do the next part without the first part interacting let me clarify on this so (laughs) the first one being to reject the diet mentality and the second principle is honor your hunger if you're trying to honor your hunger with a diet mentality you're not going to be able to do it because you're doing it with a diet. So you're, then you start getting to the place of like, well, I only eat when I'm exactly perfectly hungry and things like that. And actually not understanding what the different types mm-hmm. of hunger are. I.e. You might sometimes you have to eat when you're not hungry because it's practical reasons mm-hmm. or whatever. Birthday cake. Doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> so you have to reject the diet mentality, first of all. And that step is deep because you need to understand where do I get these beliefs from? Which of these are mine mm. and which of these are not mine? Which of these are outside of me that I've internalized and made my own? Yeah, that's huge in itself. Like it's massive. That, that needs its own its own podcast in itself. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, and so rejecting the diet culture that would be your first step. Mm. Okay, from there, where do we go? <laughs> if, you, if you can survive that, no. And then from there, you go into um, honouring your hunger. So it's okay, about yeah. and and for and so then this depends. So honouring your hunger. So first of all, let me just. Um, add one piece that I've actually forgot to say the, the art of intuitive eating in the art the act of intuitive eating I in mean and it of is it, an art, it's a fine art <laughs> of intuitive eating in and of itself is a privilege right because to be able to eat intuitively you'd have to have you know you got to think about things in like social injustices such as um, food scarcity yeah. having the money to be able to eat the things that you really want to eat mm-hmm. all good and well I eat what I want if you can't yeah. afford it that's a whole different thing so mm-hmm. when we when we talk about honour your hunger that can unlock so many different things for people because their relationship with hunger can be quite a difficult one. Yeah. Right? So for some people, it's something that they've had a really difficult relationship with. Some people are coming into that journey not even being aware of that they have, well, that they're getting hunger signals or what that means for them. Mm-hmm. Like what are my hunger signals? Everyone thinks of, oh, if my tummy rumbles, not everyone, but many people go into it thinking, oh, if my tummy rumbles, that means I'm hungry, but don't think about the fact that maybe obsessive food thoughts is a really good sign that you're really hungry or, or, or malnourishing something or other. So that honouring your hunger is another piece because it requires a person to understand what is my relationship with that. And also just to jump in there, mm. when you say those ob- obsessive thoughts that you, you about food or something like that, hunger has such a, a huge meaning it may not even necessarily be hunger for food but hunger for something yeah. for for love for connection um that in itself <laughs> is deep it's deep <laughs> it's so deep um we've only got a couple of minutes left so i really want kind of to give you an opportunity to say 
whatever you want to say if there's something that you feel that you need to get out in this in this show um I don't know this is your space for two minutes if you've got anything that you want to give us yeah I just want to just to um one of the the key ingredient of this whole journey <laughs> what are you about ingredient I wonder but um, it's the food thing but the key ingredient of this whole journey I would say like when you're healing your relationship with your with your body with food and everything else is just to take your time with it um you can't rush it um and it's only going to go as fast as the slowest part of you can go so that part that still is holding on to certain beliefs for whatever reason maybe for safety reasons um, maybe because it's just out of your conscious knowledge as to why you do or believe the certain things it doesn't matter you just take your time there's no rush this journey this whole healing journey is a long one so just take mm. your time with it honestly Amen. But the biggest ingredient is self-compassion so so much self-compassion for yourself for the things that you've engaged in mm-hmm. the things that you continue to engage in even with the with the knowledge of knowing that's not helpful it just takes time so I would say if if you feel ready to do anything the first step before they even reject an diet mentality I would say is to start to cultivate um, some self-compassion and think about the different ways that you practice that yes yeah that was a that was a great way to end <laughs> I, I mean I hadn't prepared you for that and you it sounded like it was perfectly prepared comes from the heart congratulations <laughs> yeah that's what happens when it comes from the heart way of speaking a lot of the time I think I've been a bit silent because I've just been sat here just in awe and in lost of the way that you explain things so thank you oh, thank, thank you. you for coming on and talking so beautifully yeah Absolute really pleasure. and truly and also I mean there's so much that I want to talk to you about I mean I really wanted to go into your yeah, Instagram post <laughs> there was yeah there's honestly so much but yeah if if anyone is listening and is interested look up um at Keisha Thomas on Instagram and she's got some incredible posts um and yeah, in particular, the one that I loved was, uh, was it five reasons I never, um, I don't compliment about weight loss anymore. Yeah. I so recommend having a little look at that. But yes, that, Keisha, thank you so much. We're now going to move on to our weekly wisdom um, section. But it was so lovely having you on the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. So now we are joined by Miss Georgie. Hello. Hello, hello. We can see Georgie. Unfortunately, Georgie cannot see us. <laughs> it's me. It's just just especially for me. <laughs> That's okay. I just thought, you know, I got a new I got a new headband, so I, I wanted someone it's to so see cute. it at least. Thank you so yeah. much. I do I have tried for this evening. <laughs> Are you in South London yet? Where are you at? Um, I'm in Bristol, but moving to South London in two weeks. And then I can come into the studio with you girls. I'm so excited. We are very excited about that. Yes. Yeah. So what, what have you got for us today, Georgie? How are we kicking things off? How are we doing this? I'm so excited. Sure. Okay. So basically, I don't know about you girls, But a lot of my friends, myself included, had a bit of a crazy weekend. And I was thinking, what is going on? Something must be up. And basically, I've been doing my research and it was the first Mercury retrograde of the year. um, Guys, can we just have a celebration for Mercury retrograde? It's actually happened. (laughs) I had a conversation with my friend as well because we had such an emotional chat. And we were like, what is going on? Why is all this coming up? We literally said the same thing. It's crazy. No way. I mean, like, see, we're all in it together. 
and I was like, there must be something unifying us all. And of course, Mercury retrograde. It's always the retrograde. Like, <laughs> the infamous. We to see it. It started the, literally infamous, starting on the 14th of January. And it finishes, you'll be happy to know, on the 3rd of February. So we're nearly, Ooh. nearly there. Um, and basically, yeah, I was thinking like a lot of people had a bit of a crazy few days or if you're feeling really stressed and you're sort of really trying as at the beginning of the year to look after yourself and care and have been really aware of your habits and you're thinking this still isn't working like I'm missing something um there's actually four hormones mm -hmm. for happiness so you may know about this you may not so the four happy hormones are dopamine oxytocin serotonin and endorphins so perhaps you're looking at your habits and you're thinking i'm really trying like really trying to keep the vibes up here but it's, something's missing maybe you're missing one of the four this okay. is my theory for this, this is, i love it you kind of made it like a game show about happy hormones <laughs> which one are yeah, you I missing like, <laughs> exactly i mean so here's some examples and then maybe you can even like look at your own routines and maybe it'll really resonate with you so for example dopamine listening to music get moving mm -hmm. good quality sleep and apparently eating enough protein oh i don't know about the one but that one was quite cool and then you've got oxytocin which is the mood stabilizer so times with family and friends sort of stroking your dog having hugs mm. dancing giving compliments and then you've got serotonin, which is the love and contentment hormone. So you would get that from things like yoga, spending time in nature, going surfing, going swimming, being in the sun. Obviously a bit tricky in January. Yeah, I was going to say the surfing in <laughs> the sun is a little bit tricky right now. <laughs> so what's so funny is I came across yeah. an Instagram post a few months ago and saved it about the four hormones. So I'm so glad you brought that up. I completely no way. It. Yeah, I've got the picture up now as well. Crazy. Okay, no, wait. Deep conversations. Yeah. Is a good one. So every time you have a deep chat with your friends, there you go. Oxytocin ticked. Spicy food for endorphins, guys. <laughs> yeah. Dark chocolate as well, which we love to see. Any excuse. So go on. So we, have we got to have we gone to two homos so far? Where have we got to, Georgie? We're on to the fourth one. So the uh -huh. endorphins one, which we just sort of mentioned so like the painkiller hormone so laughing being creative spicy food um dark chocolate um is endorphins yeah, so the um the active one as well like for example like going on a run was that an endorphiny one um so going on a run i think is more like um dopamine which is the oh. reward chemical interesting so i always I thought that endorphins was active but that must have been yep. my GCSE gone wrong. <laughs> no, I think you're still on something. I think they overlap quite a lot. You're very so kind, Georgie. I think there's Georgie. a lot of, sort of bridges. <laughs> no, no, no. You're, you're all good. I mean, exercises under endorphins. I, you know, I think a few of them can cross over, perhaps. Exactly. As with everything in life, it's, everything's connected. Am I right? <laughs> Am so, I right or am I right? You <laughs> need to have like the four of them in balance then. Yeah, I think it's just having that awareness. So maybe you're really strong on the dopamine 
side of things, but you're still not feeling quite 100% on the vibes. And obviously it's natural for things to go in waves, you know, like no one ever stays 100% optimum all the time. We're not robots, but maybe like looking into these four, four areas, maybe you really notice that in one area you're sort of missing something. Where would and uh, I just think having that awareness and maybe, yeah. Oh, sorry, I was about to say, where would uh, touch come in? Because for 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 all for those of us that are always single, I think we'd always be lacking in that area. So maybe we'll just pick up in the other areas, like eating more chocolate. Then. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Or you can like pet your dog if you have any animals. That's really good. I don't have one. I would love an animal. But um, petting, yes, petting your hair, does that, that help? <laughs> Give yourself a hug. Yes. I mean, you know what? Give it a go and then let me know next week. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, maybe George. This, this is, maybe this is maybe a bit of embarrassing. This, <laughs> this is what we're all missing. Oh, it's an awkward lag, I think. <laughs> yeah, there is a bit of an awkward lag. But, but we're working through it, I think, quite well. Um, yeah, I was going to say, like, I'm not embarrassed to say that I have actually been hugging myself this week and maybe maybe it's because of Mercury Retrograde. I've now know. How, how do you physically hug yourself? Do you just wrap your yeah, arms? Yeah, wrapping your arms around yourself. Sweet. Oh, yeah. I should do that. Exactly. I usually hug my mum. I'm quite a hugger and I always hug my mum even though she's not a hugger. But oh, she just went... <gasps> <laughs> is your mum there, Jay? She is, yeah. Oh, can we hear her? What did you want to come oh, on? Hi, Mum. Hi, Alex. Hi. Hello. Oh, my gosh. It's so nice oh, to hear your voice. Hello. Lovely to meet you. Oh, it's so nice to meet you. Alex, it's all lies. I have Jada all the time. <laughs> Good. No, it's me that initiates it. Maybe this is our therapy session. No, now, but what but... she does do, um, Alex, is I'm in the middle of cooking or cleaning and then she'll come and hug me. Oh. Then I don't want to hug. That's why I'm <laughs> yeah, not but I just find that offensive because a hug is something where it has no time, it no, has no place. No, it does. It's it does. hurtful <laughs> if you refuse no. it. You know? If I'm in the middle of cooking something, Jada, Well, no. you've made my dopamine levels go down now. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy right now. <laughs> oh my god, we should get all our mums on. Yeah, no, we've literally said this since yes. the beginning that we want our mums to to meet. <laughs> so funny. Oh, it's, it's so nice to hear your voice, honestly. Oh, Thanks, thank you. Right, lovely now. to hear your voice as now. well. Uh, um, Jada says I have to leave now. I'm sorry. Oh no, come back! <laughs> I see each other so much. People think I'm so bad to my mum. Bye, Alex. Bye. Bye. I love Georgie's waving. I love that you're waving when all the rest of us have our videos off. Yeah. Georgie's still going for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and Georgie, what else do you want to tell us today, if anything else? Oh, man, just be kind to yourselves. Yes. Seriously, like the past week, it's been really emotional for a lot of people. Um, in my yoga classes, there's been a lot of emotions arising. A lot of students have felt very emotional. Personally, I've been quite emotional. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just really important to remember as we start to come into February and forget maybe about our intentions from the beginning of the year, just to like remember to take oh, yourself. Okay, wait, Georgie, can you repeat that? Because you just um, froze on the wrong moment. You, you were saying that it's important too, and then you froze. Oh, no. 
Oh, the key. Oh, what a cliffhanger. Listen next week to find out. No, <laughs> um, no um, it's really important. Just be kind to yourself. Nourish yourself. And just like remember to take a pause mm-hmm. and don't run away with the year. Remember mm-hmm. to always take time to pause. Yeah. As things get busier. And actually, you just mentioned your yoga class. First of all, congratulations. I saw a little post on Instagram. Well done, your yoga class. Um, and is there a yoga pose that might be particularly useful for right now? Oh, you can show me on camera. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, you want to see on yeah, camera? I, I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a quite tight space, but you so you have to imagine. In yeah. studio, I will demonstrate. But... um. You yeah, I would skip. say something. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine you just showed like me in the child's pose. A child. So, so Jay. Um, oh, sorry, lags. Go on, Georgie. Child's pose was it? Oh la la! So sorry. Absolutely, child's pose. So something. It's like really grounding. It's sort of a safe space. You can reconnect to your breathing. Um, there's so many options. Like you can extend your arms out in front of you, flat on the floor. Save love a child's pose you can wrap your arms around your body and reach for your feet with your hands if you want to be like a little egg more compact um you can use props you can use cushions you can use blocks if you don't have blocks at home you can use stacks of books Mm -hmm. um you can use it as a shoulder opener it's just oh it's such a dream we love a child's pose we do love a child's pose and for anyone who's who's unsure what a child's pose looks like how would you go about getting into a child's pose Nice. Okay, so you want to be on your knees, untuck your toes so your feet are pointed, Mm -hmm. the tops of your feet are flat along the floor. And then from here you fold forward so your body is resting over your thighs Mm -hmm. and you rest your forehead on the mat or on the floor. And then you would like normally extend your arms flat along the mat in front of you, Mm -hmm. palms facing down and making sure your fingers are spread. Um, Yeah, that would be like a very basic understanding of it and then from there if your forehead can't quite reach the floor you could bring a cushion under your forehead or a Mm -hmm. stack of books like I said or wrap the arms around the body um yeah there's so many options that was beautifully put and also I love the the movements that you're doing to show me on (laughs) on zoom which all the listeners really appreciate Yeah, I'm really talking with my hands here. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> great weekly to begin with, I think. Yes. I think for the future. Yeah. Oh, and well, I think we're we for having me. Oh, no. Two minutes to go. We've got two minutes to go. Now, I know that Jay's got an affirmation for us as well. Yeah. I'm actually going to put our... Um, what I should have done before, actually, annoyingly I didn't. But I'm going to put our, uh, our cute music on, our... Uh, I don't know what to call it. Uh, tippy tippy tappy tappy music on. Do you know what I mean? You guys get me. Yeah. Yeah. So I wrote this week's Lovely. affirmation in line with a little bit of what Georgie does, knowing she was going to come on and talk about yoga. But I didn't realise it was aligned so perfectly with Keisha and everything she was talking about. But for this week, I've just got my body is my temple and it deserves to be nourished with food, movement, and my mind deserves the same care. I will look after my body as every day it looks after me. Yes. Lovely. Really C- nice. Can we say it again one more time? Yeah. My body is my temple and it deserves to be nourished with food, movement, and my mind deserves the same care. I will look after my body as every day it looks after me. Beautiful. 
I think that is the perfect, perfect way to end the show, especially Love this it. this exact show as well, um, as you said, Jay. Right, we're going to end there, and we will be back next week, 7 p.m. on a Monday. Um, and again, we'll have Georgie on at 7.45 for Weekly Wisdom, which we're very much looking forward to. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we hope you have an absolutely lovely evening. Bye. Bye.